I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm joined by Brittany Spanos from Rolling Stone. Hey, Brittany. Hey. So we are momentarily, hopefully, going to be speaking to uh, Ken Ehrlich and David Wilde, who respectively produce and write the Grammy Awards and have done so for many, many years. Um, We're very excited to hopefully get a preview of this year's Grammys, which are coming on February 12th, and also, you know, look back. Uh, What are you looking forward to in this year's Grammys? I mean, I love that they got both Adele and Beyonce, and I'm kind of hoping that Boxing match? No, no boxing match. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. <laughs> or no, performance yeah. together. Okay, performance together. That would yeah. be awesome. They've both publicly spoken about wanting to collaborate and being huge fans of each other, and I think that they're the big conversation about who's going to take home totally. album of the year, and I mean, there's really no contest in pretty much any of the categories that they're up against each other in, um, besides each other. What about Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was happy that he got a nomination in. I was really happy that purpose kind of snuck in there. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I sort of feel for some reason he's like mad. He got nominated for album of the year, but he's mad at the oh, Grammys. Oh, yeah, he's not showing up. Well, I think they'll tell us. From what I understand, they're still in the... Kanye's out. Uh, yeah. Drake's out, I think. But but uh, Bieber maybe is still in the, But it's really unclear. Like, what's he mad about? Dude, you got nominated for album of the year, which yeah. for me, frankly, seems touch of a stretch for me because I think it's you know I don't know if it coheres as an album uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a good songs oh yeah it. for sure so it's like generally album of the year implies that it coheres as an album so I, th- <laughs> I feel like when you and this is someone who's completely you know who's obviously feels very strongly about sort of not perhaps getting the um the sort of establishment love right you know, he he has the love of the fans but he doesn't feel like people respect him as an artist so he got the album of the year nod what does he want why does he show up what's wrong <laughs> what's his problem yeah um you know I, and maybe we'll maybe we'll get to ask him about that but i love the idea of beyonce and adele performing together because yeah it's a total love fest they're competing but mm-hmm. they, they love each other so that would be really cool yeah they've both been like publicly huge fans of each other and their their most recent albums they've both spoken pretty extensively about each other's work Right. Um, you know, and, and then uh, we'll find out why Dave Grohl is no longer part of the mm-hmm. Tribe Called Quest tribute because that was happening. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks like, uh, do, do, we have, uh, do we have them both on? Hey, uh, Ken and, and David? Hello? Uh, John, I'm not sure. Hello. Yeah? yeah? It sounds like we have you both. No, I don't hear David. I hear Ken, so we're we're we, there. I'm here. That makes Ken. two. Okay. If he our does, math is still, still he, he doesn't. Yeah, uh, Ken doesn't hear David, but I can hear both of you, so that's fine. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if we, how we can make it so Ken can hear David, but hopefully we can our engine our uh, producer and engineer are listening. But anyway, we have you both. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Sure. Um, and uh, we so so Ken, you've been producing the Grammys for I think th- I, correct me if I'm wrong, thirty seven years, something like that. Yeah, this is this will be my thirty seventh show. Yeah, that is extremely impressive. And 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 David, you've been you've been writing the Grammys, I think, for nineteen years. Is that correct? Sixteen, unless you're. If there's three that I didn't know about, <laughs> What's, we'll bump it up for 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 forty five years. You said yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. I the, know that as a as a recovering Rolling Stone journalist myself, you're just trying to make me seem older. But uh, <laughs> I feel like people do that to me. Believe me. So uh, it, it's. Yeah, I apologize. Okay, sixteen years. Good enough. Um, so, I mean, I, I would. I would start by we, we want to talk about about this year's ceremony. Um, you know, the, first of all, we were talking before you went on it. You know, the the big the big sort of showdown and at slash love fest is between Beyonce and Adele, who who are up against each other for so many categories. Is is there any chance they might perform together? Um, you know, there are some things that we love to keep as surprises <laughs> for viewer for viewers and. That's one of them. I can tell you that uh, we're still we're still we're still discussing that. 
got it. Uh, but you know that that uh, we we recommend that. <laughs> that, that, that and Ken, Ken and I will be singing a duet. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that's we're that's gonna, really we're going to do Ness and Dormant. Yes, <laughs> that is we what the it, you know. that is what the world uh, is uh, waiting you, for. You haven't heard we, it. So. We literally kill it. Yeah. Um, and and presumably, and there's also a, a Prince tribute of some sort in the works. Uh, rumor yeah, has yeah. it that Bruno Mars. But uh, you know, more generally, when you and I think you've been asked about this. There's been so many. Uh, there were so many deaths last year, and and so much to pay tribute to, but you don't want that to dominate the show. So how do you how did you kind of deal with that dilemma? You know, it's it's a fine line, and and last year, I mean, this past show, which was actually yes, last year, last February, there was this really pretty unfortunate period within the five or six week production period that we have to put the show together. It was Natalie Cole and Glenn Fry, Maurice White, Bowie died shortly before that. So we, we, it was probably partially due to the impact of these artists all together in that, in that one short period. Um, we wanted to be responsive to them all. So it was unusual that we did as many tributes and things on that show as we did. Um, ordinarily, we prior to that, we certainly didn't. Um, what's interesting is that is that the public really sparks to those. There's been research done on award shows in general that the most looked forward to segments of award shows doesn't speak well for live artists, I guess, uh, <laughs> are these memoriam segments. So they have become uh, uh, important. And obviously this year, you know, uh, is I, I'm, I'm never sure whether or not it's, whether there are more the same or fewer. It just has probably more to do with, uh, with this 24 hour news cycle as anything else. But, but yes, there, the, we, we do plan to deal with, uh, you know, some sig- significant uh, passings this year. And, you know, obviously I, I think you're not ready to reveal the nature of the Prince tribute, but when you're dealing with, a prince, someone who I think both of you knew and work with pretty well. Um, you know, first of all, there's the personal element you want to live up to your own memory and association with them. And also there's, you know, people are watching closely. They want you to live up to what a tribute to someone as important as Prince should be. So how do you grapple with all that? Well, uh, to address the, it, it, it does become very personal, especially with an artist like Prince, you know, um, because we did have real, some really great experiences with him on, on, on the Grammys and on other shows that we've done. Uh, so the, first and foremost, you, we, you need to be true to yourself. Well, first and foremost, you need to be true to the artist. But that does play a role. And, you know, I think we learned last year, honestly, from the David Bowie segment with Gaga, yeah. there were people that absolutely loved that, and there were people that didn't love it. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know... That we have to be mindful of the fact that we can't make everybody happy, um, and uh, if again, if, if if we we do the best we can. But 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 to your point, uh, you know, I know uh, how I, I observed how Prince felt about Ken and the, their connection, and I had a connection going back to my my old journalist days. And one of the highlights of my life was we were at the Grammy office years ago, and he goes, uh, I'm going to go see Prince to go over this idea for him and Beyonce. Uh, you want to come? Which was the easiest uh, yes I ever, you know, gave. And we, we went over there, and we had a talk, uh, and I always loved him, because I, I think he was the greatest genius of our times. Also, it's rare chance I was the tallest guy in the discussion. So it was <laughs> Not that much, David. Come on. 
but uh, when we discussed it, Prince actually said at the end of it, he goes, you guys want to get a little private show? And he literally sat, he got two chairs or had someone put out two chairs in the rehearsal hall and basically did a whole concert just for the two of us. Not and, bad. Uh, it was and unbelievable. laid down the segment that, that he wanted to do with her. Right. It was pretty amazing. Did he, did he remember you from your Rolling Stone days, David? Yes, he, he, he never forgot that, and he was always, uh, he always gave me, in fact, the absolute truth is, after he performed for us, he came up and he said, I want you to sign a non-disclosure. And I said, <laughs> I'm sorry, Prince, you have to say that before you do the project. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and what happened with, what, why was David, Dave Grohl involved in a Tribe Called Quest tribute in the first place, and why is he now not involved in the Tribe Called Quest? You know, simply put, he was, he was never confirmed. We had been talking about it. Um, um, it, it, it just, uh, it was never confirmed, and, and as it turns out, there, there are a couple of other things that we're talking about with him, and it, uh, um, uh, as we get closer to the show, you'll, you'll learn them. Okay, so, but we, it's just there's there uh, it didn't work out. I feel like there's been a heavy burden on Dave Grohl in the past few years in the Grammys because he he sometimes seems called upon to represent the entire genre of rock and roll. Is that unfair? Mm. <laughs> I, I I think it's unfair. I think you know. I mean, I think we did pretty well with ACDC a couple True. years ago. Um, 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 I guess I'm not just talking about the Grammys. I think in general he's been called upon. I think that that's his 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 he's kind of the um, he's the official representative of the rock and roll world in pop culture at the moment. So I'm not. Yeah, well, I can't put that he, at you. You know, in terms of of popularity, I guess not a really great word. There's probably a better word. The fact of the matter is, the Foo's are a big act. Yeah, uh, and to probably the broadest segment of the audience, they do represent rock. So. You know, and he's visible, and he's he's involved and engaged, and uh, and charming. He's the kind of artist that we like working with. Um, and and the and the weekend with Daft Punk, obviously a pre-existing collaboration. But what uh, what can what are you thinking visually and and just presentation-wise for that performance? That's another one of those surprises. But I can tell you, it's stunning, and it's really it is so. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's both of them, but the reality is this is our third time around with Daft Punk. First time being with Kanye, the second time being with Pharrell a couple of years ago. Um, they're 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 very. I, I think I can use this word. They're very demanding. They're very specific. Yeah. And creatively, they're 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 pretty amazing. So that this combination of them with Abel is is potent and both visually and, and musically this is going to be I think it's going to be one of the highlights of the show. Are and, you and be, yes. being lucky to work with Ken? I will say I, I'm used to being in meetings thanks to him with some amazing people. But when you have meetings with the robots, it is especially <laughs> surreal. They, I mean, they they don't have their helmets on in the meetings, right? I mean, come on. No, no, they okay, don't. Okay, okay. As I said to David when they left, you know what? If we ever have a problem, we, all we have to do is just go around and back. <laughs> <laughs> Flip a switch. <laughs> exactly. And I, I mean, the uh, the other. This sounds like one of the uh, this this collaboration between Alicia Keys and Marin Morris. How does something? You know that. 
obviously you're not just shuffling cards and then it's like, okay, you know, like that's who came up. We're going to try that. So how does, there's a, there's a certain element of, of, I wouldn't say randomness, but, but it's, there's a fun serendipity in that. So how do, how does that particular pairing specifically come together? And then what's it like kind of negotiating between the two camps and making all that happen? Honestly, that's the most fun that we have, particularly David and myself, because, you know, people ask us about these, quote, Grammy moments all the time. And the fact of the matter is, there are times that we generate them. And in the beginning, it was kind of all us because, no, you know, the artists didn't know what we, you know, what we were expecting of them or the, or the opportunities that they had to stretch. So now it kind of goes both ways. And in this one, uh, to be very honest with you, they did this duet on a on a CMT sh- uh, show that they did at Crossroads. I Got think. it. And for whatever reason, it didn't make the show, and it was sent to me. I looked at it and I said, "This is magic." So we're we're doing it. Well, to be fair, actually, Ken, uh, my understanding is it's a song that, like, and this will often happen. Ken doesn't just. There are some shows where it's like to get the big name, it's whatever they want to do. But Ken will listen to records and from the moment the nominations come in and sort of literally sort of sweat out what is the right moment. And it often, and, and uh, you know, it's not the hit. And the song that they're doing is one that, I, if I remember correctly, Ken, it's one you really wanted too. Yeah, it definitely is. And had to fight for it in a certain way. So, uh, But, you know, you mentioned the Grammy moments. Uh, I do a lot of shows. You know, Ken is, uh, and Ken's been doing this a lot longer than I have, but I will say that it, when you watch all these sort of attempt to do these collaborations, he pioneered that from the moment he got to the Grammys. And I, I remember the only, the first time I ever had any input at all <laughs> was, uh, it was my wet dream as a Rolling Stone writer because I grew up on Elvis Costello and uh, I grew up on The Clash. And uh, when Joe Strummer died, uh, that was my, you know, relatively early on in my years, but he asked me to sort of sit in and try to figure out what we could do. And I literally at one point thought, we're, stand- we're sitting here discussing asking Bruce and Elvis <laughs> to do London Calling. Uh, and, and Ken, you know, being uh, really generous about this sort of thing, said, let's discuss who else should be in the band. And, like, I remember that vividly because, like, we were saying which bass player could do it. And uh, I remember No Doubt was huge at that moment and thinking, I think Tony has this sort of background and his sort of influences. And I remember I've never seen any more grateful after they came off the stage like Tony knew I had recommended him, and he said, you just made my life. Like, because, again, because we're all music geeks, and that's why the fact that this show is actually executive produced for 30, for almost, you know, four decades by a, a, the most, the deepest music lover I know, I think that's what makes the show so special. Yeah, and there is this, what do you want to kind of come away? What, what's, how do you know that, you've done the job you want to do at the end of the night? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how to answer that question, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, there is a feeling of satisfaction. I usually, you know, melt into a chair at some point, and, and uh, I'm not, I, may not, I might not be my, be- my best uh, critic, especially in, you know, in the, in, in the quick, the short afterglow. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I, there is a measure that I actually have used at times, which is, because I, I'm, you know, I have no idea what people at home are thinking. Although now we do, because we can, we can just <laughs> hey, you know, look at yeah. our computers and see it. But basically, I, for me, it's about standing ovations in the house. Mm. And when we get, uh, when, when once we've hit five or six out of 
19 or 20 performances, I, I kind of think to myself, okay, this one's going pretty well. So you're like Trump. You count the standing ovation. Yes. Yeah, thank okay. you very much. And the house was full. I mean, it was, it was all the way back to the second. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's how Ken made the Grammys great again. <laughs> that's right. I, I was impressed that you fit 1.5 million people in Staples Center. It's so amazing. It was it's amazing. Um, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Rolling Stone Music Now. I have Brittany Spanos with me from Rolling Stone, and we are talking Grammys with the men behind the Grammys, Ken Ehrlich and David Wilde. And we actually do have a, a caller. A Wayne from North Carolina has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. Good listening to you today. Thank you. Wanted to ask about uh, the rock categories, uh, Beyonce being nominated in a rock category and deserving rock artists or not. Uh, cool. Well, well, we'll address that. Wayne, thanks so much for calling in. Um, I, I would say, I mean, you know, before even, first of all, Ken and David, you guys don't do the nominations and awards. You do the no. show. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but we'll address that. I mean, I, you know, Beyonce happened to make a great rock song with Jack White. Yeah. So I, I yeah, but what do you think, Bernie? I don't see the problem here. I mean, I think that it is a really excellent rock song that was created. It samples a Led Zeppelin song. She worked with Jack White on it. It definitely has a lot of these like new blues undertones to it. And I mean, it's yeah. not abnormal for a pop artist to be nominated in the rock category. Um, Janet Jackson actually got a nomination for her song, Black Cat. Um, <laughs> Great point, yeah. Yeah, I think that was either like 89 or 90 or something. Um, it's not abnormal for an artist like Beyonce to get that nomination. Um, yeah, and also, you know, Jack White, who is about as indisputable a rock artist as a rock artist can be, is on that song. Mm -hmm. So I just, but, but you know, fair enough. Uh, hopefully that addresses the question. Anyway, well, I back. Like that. Yeah. I like that. You know, I, <laughs> frankly, I love it when there's this cross-genre stuff, when it makes yeah. sense. There are times when it doesn't. Right. But I think in this case in particular, it, it, it's, it, it's pretty authentic. Mm -hmm. Plus, I'm pretty sure R&B and, and uh, black artists had a little to do with rock and roll, mm -hmm. uh, if, I, if, if my memory serves. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like there's nothing whatsoever anomalous about, uh, about Beyonce or any black woman doing rock and roll because it goes whack. In fact, Brittany wrote a wonderful piece reminding people of that history. Um, but so anyway, back to the, the, the show itself. I, so... Guys, where are you with the show itself? What's the process like at, at this point? Are you, are you rehearsing? Where's the writing at? Just, just take us through where you are and where you'll be for the next few days. I'll let David address the writing. We're, we, we, we basically start on the show uh, in, 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 all, in reality, you know, serious thinking about it around September when we can kind of take a begin to take a walk through the previous year and see what we think will be nominated, what might be nominated, maybe some cooler things that uh, are not on anybody's radar and you know we'll 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 begin to compile a list and I'll do a little bit of outreach there's a there's an actual grammy rule if uh, uh, if rules are applicable and and uh, in, uh, what we do that we can't really make any offers for artists to perform on the show until after the nominations come out, hmm. which traditionally is the first week in December. So we'll, we, you know, that doesn't preclude us from talking and there's some obvious choices that we'll start working with. Um, and then the nominations come out and that's when then, then David and I and others get a really good sense of what the palette is for the show. And it gives us an opportunity to look beyond the, you know, the, the, the most popular kind of, the, the, what we call the big four, you know, record, album, new artist, and song. And then look, begin to look at R&B, begin to look at country, begin to look at rock, begin to look at Latin, and start, uh, start 
you know, seeing if there are things in those categories that, uh, in it, you know, that are worthy, or again, as as we touched on before, uh, maybe that gives us some some hints as to some people we might want to pair up. And that's probably most of December, but it isn't because on December 14th or 15th, the entire music industry leaves for Turks and Caicos <laughs> or, or Hawaii. So the first week Turks of January, sorry, or Turks and Caicos, or Turks and Caicos, <laughs> and, and the first week in January, people begin to come back. And then, honestly, people do, you know, there are a lot of people who don't believe what we have to do here, but it's really a period. It's really a month. It's really four weeks from right. You know, to the, where we can really seriously put the show together, and then, then, you know, the second week in February, it's on the air. So, so they, where are you now? Where, where where are we now? We're February third now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, okay. you know, what shape is the show yeah, in? Re- rehearsals have not. We, we have we we have a, a probably it may shift, but pro- I think it was about a week and a half ago. David, we really did the first rundown where we did the as a sequencing of the show, the run of show, um, and that's really when it that's when it starts to leave the paper and turn into reality because by then by that time. We should, although we don't always, kind of get a sense of what set designs, you know, the artists are working on, that we're working on with them. Um, Again, the sequence of the show, we begin to book presenters for the show, and then there's this dash to the finish from really from uh, last week, probably the beginning of last week uh, until until show date Um, and rehearsals start in in all earnest next uh, next week. Most artists will come out early, especially if we're doing these collaborations, and we'll send them to a secret place where they can work with the other. We try and get out there for those things so mm. that we can kind of shepherd them. And then we have it's it's an incredibly compressed rehearsal period. It's really it's three and a half days, starting Thursday afternoon until a dress rehearsal on Sunday, and then the show. There are nineteen or twenty acts that parade through Staples off and on. What we call. If, I, if I can vouch for my, with my whatever journalistic credibility I have left, uh, I am <laughs> someone who's witnessed this on all the major award shows. I've done all of them. I don't think people quite have a sense what Ken and the team, what his like. And when we see the team, it's like hundreds of or 115 of the most incredible professionals because I will tell you no show is more challenging like uh, a lot of big shows that people talk about that I love working on in essence it's sometimes just sending uh, actors out and showing film clips or <laughs> it's you know a few performances uh, but this show the amount of uh, physical production that goes on in a live setting there's nothing quite like it and it at, with all that being true, and you're talking about literally what TV critics, and I was your Rolling Stone TV critic for years, and I'm here to say we didn't know shit about how it actually happens because they literally can come down to what you physically can put, you know, hang in the rafters and have the, the amount of pieces you can have. And all that being said, like the, you know, five years ago, I guess it was, or six years ago when Whitney Houston died the night before the show, yeah. I watched within a matter of seconds literally you know within moments and ken knew whitney very well i I knew her only you know a a bit but within moments that whole team was getting to work redoing a show so it's the it's an amazing uh amazing team effort uh that that and with obviously ken leading the way you know talking about that for a second david did a remarkable job because obviously it that that 
you know, we have there's an opening to that show, and uh, uh, and and obviously then there's dialogue all the way through. And at that point, fortunately, LL Cool J, who was that was his first year hosting, was there, and uh, we we sat down and began to put things together. And over the course of that night, um, particularly David and 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 LL just kind of went back and forth crafting, and 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 at the end of at the, and basically. It was Todd that came up with this line that I, that I, I I don't think anyone will ever forget, where he said uh, the first thing out of his mouth was, "We've lost a member of our family," right? And that kind of set the tone. And this the the from then on it was, and then he made this really delicate turn that David was instrumental in 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 making that. Talking about Whitney and talking about what she meant to all of us, and then basically, you know, taking the turn to okay, but now it's time to do the Grammy Awards. Not as crudely as I just said it, but very, very eloquently. Well, yeah. one thing, one thing that's really different this year, you know, which we didn't touch on, is you've got James Corden. Um, first time you've had a, a you know a comedian and not a, a sort of a non L culture in in a while. Uh, what what how is that affecting uh, David? How, how is how is that affecting the the writing of the show and and the tone of the show and just the whole way it's going to come together? Well, I went uh, over. We went over for the first meeting I was at with uh, Ben, uh, James, producer, and, and James, and uh, we were I think all on the same page you know, very, very quickly. And James, thankfully, it's not, you know, when you say a comedian host, the thing that I think makes James an inspired choice is music is central to who he is as a comedian and to his, to who he is as a person. So uh, that's what LL gave us tremendous heart and credibility and comes from a place of love with music. And James, even though it's obviously there'll be more comedy, uh, it's, the same sort of thing, where I think he's coming from a very genuine place, and it's it's been a different process. I was just there over at their offices uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I, I'm a. I, I think we're both huge fans of James, and uh, uh, I think it's you know I think it's going to be a, a new energy. Uh, it's still going to be about the music. The show is about the music, and any time uh, I think we get away from that. We, 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 you know, we're we're not fulfilling the mission of the show. It's you know, uh, I think that's what Ken has sort of done with the show. If you look at it historically, uh, it's become so jam packed for music, and it's happened at the exact time when the music industry was going through so many challenges that I always think of it as like an annual sort of like rallying cry for the place of music on TV in the world. Uh, uh, I, I think the show's only gotten more important during my 16 or 19 years, depending on which one of us is right. <laughs> in, in, in your 37 years. In yeah. my 45 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're, we were talking a little bit about um, about the writing of the show and putting it together. Brittany uh, did did some writing for the uh, the competition for the VMAs uh, last year, and I'm just curious what, what Brittany would like to ask David about just the you know writing for the Grammys yeah. and other award shows. Yeah. Um, I came in for the sort of that final week of build up before the show. And so I know that it can get so hectic and especially when you're working with so many artists and, you know, having to introduce so many performances and everything. Like, what does that final week leading up to the show look like for you, David? Whoops. Have we lost them? We we might we might. Uh... Is David? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> we, we, we almost we almost lost you, David, but we're back. Did you were you able to hear all that? 
I did. I heard okay, all go, that. Okay, go. And I gave an eloquent answer. Uh, uh, well, I really, I really loved it. <laughs> and I think I've been in his seventeenth year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my forty-fifth year, what I've learned is that that last week is. My wife's joke is always like, "Why do you show up for those weeks beforehand?" Uh, <laughs> because everything changes. You know, presenters change. Uh, what they're doing changes. But the truth is, yeah. It, it, what Ken has taught me is, you have to make it true to the moment. You have to respond to the moment. And, you know, there are great moments that you plan in advance, but a lot of times it's what happens the moment before. So you have to go to someone and say, listen, you know, uh, you know, Soy Bomb just danced with Bob Dylan. So we probably need to say something uh, here. You need to be responsive. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. And you go back and forth. And uh, I think a lot of times what and what makes it complicated is that you have to get both people. If there's two or three people presenting, they all have to get on the same page. Uh, but to the point of what you were saying about the competition, I do in no way consider the VMAs competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love how ambiguous that statement is. <laughs> it's because you're such close friends with them. Yes. Oh, no. I, I, listen, I did the VMAs, and uh, I remember... Uh, yeah, no, listen, those, I love the little shows. Yeah. <laughs> speaking make, of, yeah. They make this one look so much bigger. So, so uh, you know, speaking of the VMAs and speaking of the, the you know, the youth constituency, there, there has been this, there's this odd little thing going on with, with Kanye and Drake and for some reason Bieber. We're trying to figure out, would you share your theory about Bieber, Brittany? <laughs> well, I think the whole rumor is that Selena and Selena Gomez and The Weeknd are making their couple debut on the red carpet at the Grammys <laughs> and Bieber does not want to attend because... That will steal the show. You from know, him. that's great. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Bernie's theory uh, to, to, to just, you know, I, I think there's a logic to that. But but the, their argument is, and, and Frank Ocean as well, that they're, they're claiming that the Grammys somehow don't represent, quote unquote, younger artists um, to the extent they, they would. And there's also, I think, a criticism that, that you know, that hip hop should be a larger part. And then, then this goes outside your purview. There's a, a feeling that hip hop needs to be represented more frequently in the album of the year winner, which again, not, not something you can do anything about. But so what, specifically, what do you make of this business from, from Drake and Kanye and purportedly Bieber and, and Frank Ocean? Well, let's take them one at a time if we could. Okay. Um, uh, uh, in terms of representation on the show, again, I can't speak to the, to the categories and the nominations, but with regard to the show, we asked both Drake and Kanye and Bieber, yeah. basically, to participate and be a part of the show. So if they're concerned about the representation of hip-hop on the show, they need to respond and say, yeah, of course I want to do it. They've all done it in the past, and they've actually done really well. Uh, I, I, you know, I, w without overstating it, I think we were very instrumental in the, in the, 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 the growth of Kanye West's career. You know, he hmm. did epic performances on our show, going back to Jesus Walks, going back to, um, uh, what was the one we did with... Uh, Gold Digger. Gold Digger. Yeah. Uh, um, Mama. I mean, the, the, the year after year, he would come and do really great stuff. Um, he's, you know, uh, uh, he's a wild card. That's uh, the best, that's the only way I can say it. I love working with him. He's incredibly creative. He's really, he's, you know, and he always brings it. So... You know, I would love to see him. Um, we know that he's had his problems this past year. We know that he, you know he he had uh, personal problems. Um, we we 
we we pursued him. We would love to have had him here. Same with Drake. But early on, before nominations came out or anything, Drake had already locked in his schedule to be in Europe. So, you know, mm. I, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Um, uh, Justin Bieber, we're, we're still... We're still talking to him, so I don't want to. I don't want to tip anything, but you know he may or he may not be there. I, you know, the, I like Bernie's theory in part because in we were talking before we started. Justin is nominated for Album of the Year. I really don't know what else he wants. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that. And he gave an uh, excellent should, performance uh, last year. Yeah, too. he was good. Sorry. It, it, no, Bernie was saying he was well, actually he very good last year. Strong last year yeah. that he's nominated for. Mm-hmm. You know. I, you know, I have to say with Frank Ocean, and I, I love him as much as everyone, he, he seemed very uncomfortable in his Grammy performance. And he, he may have, I wonder if, I, I had to wonder whether that, did you get any feedback from him about can that say, performance? Can I, say something, can I say something about that, Ken? Yeah. Uh, I will say that's an example. Uh, I usually like to have examples where I'm right, like uh, in the Clash, uh, uh, Joe Strummer moment. But here's an example where I don't know as much about TV as Ken does, because he's, you know, he's really he's defined what the Grammy moments are. And I remember very vividly, because I am a fan of Frank's uh, thinking, you know, and, and I will just, I'll be blunt, is that Frank had a very definite, very definite idea of exactly what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. And I will just say, I sat, as Ken said, that's not great TV. And what he's taught all of us who work with him say, will tell you he, what he says is we're not putting on a radio show we're not mm. putting on a, we're not making a mixtape we're making a we're broadcasting on CBS to tens of millions of people to the whole world and you have to make it a TV moment uh, it has to not and a musical moment that works on television and he knew from the start that that was not uh, one of those moments and in that case it's like so you know it, some artists, uh, I will say that having been around for 49 years on this show, what I have learned <laughs> is the, art, the artist who will have the discussion with Ken at the very start and come to, you know, figure out an idea and then execute it, those always work. But when there are some people who don't want to come and play uh, in, a, in, a, in a childlike sense and work with him, I, I will say that t- doesn't tend to go as well. Do you ever try the, you know, hey, Prince collaborated with us. Prince listened to us a little bit. Does it, did you ever pull that out? It, you know, it's, it's all about being collaborative. And, you know, we, we, there are times when uh, uh, quite often, I mean, you know, it's, it's a sliding scale of what it is that an artist, what an artist's vision is and what ours is. And nine times out of, probably not more than nine times out of ten, 99 times out of 100, you know, that vision is shared and executed and, you know, is to to some degree successful. Um, uh, I'm glad David said what he said. Uh, we, we, we didn't make it there. And we basically, because... He was rigid. We executed his vision, yeah. knowing that it was it was faulty. Yeah, and we tried to tell him that. We tried to tell his management that. We tried to tell the record label that. So, you know, his lack of um, uh, uh, his feelings about the Grammys right now, I would imagine, probably go back to that in in one way. But but honestly, it wasn't us. Sure, fair enough. Hey, so we have uh, Noel from Pennsylvania has a suggestion for a performer, and I'm sort of dying to hear this. Hi, Noel. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm doing well. So we all know Adele's performing. She has a big hit album, 25. 
On that album, the song All I Ask was written by Bruno Mars, and I see he's also scheduled to perform. <laughs> I think it would be amazing if you can get the two to duet and sing the song together. Um, by the way, I think it would be amazing too, but it's probably not going to happen, uh, uh, mainly because both of those artists are well committed to what they're going to do in the show and you know, I mean, we explore all kind of avenues. We we actually had that thought at one point, but that was Ken's. Uh, I will say, I, I, Ken, that was your initial thought for last year. So Ken is one year ahead of all of us. Wow. See, <laughs> see, no, you're thinking along the right. way. You, you, no, you could, no, you could do this for a living. Thanks so much for calling in. Appreciate it. Yeah. Take care, guys. All right. Bye bye. All right. So, you know, I, I would, Ken. How did you? get started in uh, producing the Grammys like what 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 was the what was the path that led you there well uh, it's it's way too long so I'll skip <laughs> to the cut to the chase here. And, uh, early in my in my uh, PBS days we started a, a series called soundstage I was uh, yeah. uh, in Chicago um, and it was kind of a seminal music series because it was before MTV it was bef- it was when there were three uh, network TV stations and not much else. So there wasn't, there weren't a lot of outlets for artists to perform on television. And PBS at that time actually was appealing to little kids with Sesame Street and all the rest of the shows and Masterpiece Theater to an older audience, but no young audience. So we created the series, and the record labels in the in this as it goes back to the mid 70s were were happy to ship artists in who were cool to do a show that you know reached maybe a million and a half, two million people on PBS, but it was like Dylan came and did the show, Tom Waits came and did the show, Randy Newman did the show, it was the era of the singer-songwriters, uh, we did some really great R&B acts, we did, and, and I started doing combinations then. Anyway, it caught the attention of some people out in, uh, in California, where we are now, and I came out to do a very brief run on a, on a, on a series that went in the dumper, um, and decided I had already decided I was going to stay and then did the midnight special for a couple of years and then basically started doing specials. And again, it led me to the, we'd done a number of specials and led me to the Grammys. My background just for kids on the phone who are, want to do this. <laughs> I was a journalism major at Ohio university and thought I wanted to be a sports writer until my mother said, you'll never make a living. As a sports <laughs> good advice. Good advice. Go into, go into PR. Which is how I started. <laughs> and, and, and David, what, what was your leap from uh, journalism to, and was there a kind of an overlap uh, in, in, into, into the, into the TV writing that you now do? Well, weirdly, like the two, uh, the two people who changed my career path the most were Jan, uh, who, you know, uh, he might regret it now, but he gave me my dream of working at Rolling Stone. And then the there was a Rolling Stone Fox TV special where uh, they very wisely put me off camera doing a lot of the interviews. And huh. that sort of that led me into TV because uh, it led to uh, writing jobs, including Ken Kong. We met at the opening of the Hard Rock Cafe, which I uh, – sorry, the opening of the uh, – what House, of blues. House of Blues on Sunset, and uh, which has now been torn down, basically. So that's how long they're coming I'm after us next. By the way. <laughs> yes, <they're, laughs> until they tear us down. Uh, but that that sort of led me into uh, 
my life in TV. Was that the special? Was that the state of, was that the one that had Springsteen doing Ghost to Tom Joad and stuff? Or am I thinking of a different one? No, this was on Fox television. And it was, uh, I just remember being off camera interviewing <laughs> Spielberg and Howard Stern. And uh, yeah, and I think, and, and I, what happened was I, I made, I think Spielberg laugh. And some <laughs> producer said, uh, can you come do this other show? Because if you can make Spielberg laugh. Yeah, and then I ended up writing in a room with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross on a show, and I said, this is fun. Wow. Wow, that's... Dave, a- Dave is remarkable. I, I have to tell you, it's the closest collaborative uh, uh, efforts that, that I've had over all these years. He's just, he's wonderful to work with. He's got an incredible temperament. He's a brilliant writer, and he gets to it. And, and the most fun we have is... I wrote that. I just wrote what Ken said. <laughs> you're, you're texting no, him things David to say, yeah. yeah. I had to cut it and edit it a bit. But he's he's really something, and and you know the the most fun we have is occasionally we'll just we'll sit in a room with other people and go back and forth as to what was on the other side of at the hop, you know, it's those kind of things. <laughs> oh no, and the great thing about being doing the show for sixteen years with a guy who's been doing it for thirty seven is that there are things that I thought I think like all like you two, like everyone at that Rolling Stone office, we think we know everything. And then I'll, I, by looking at like an old soundstage, I'll realize things like there's a soundstage where they honored John Hammond and Dylan and I guess Springsteen came in and maybe, you know, all these other legends. And, or uh, like I was watching in his office an old show a couple of years ago and discovered Chuck Jackson, uh, who I had never really heard. Uh, mm. And it's like, what's great is that I actually continue to learn from Ken because, I mean, definitely on TV. I, I, I say this, you know, with all due respect, but I was Rolling Stones. I'm still a contributing editor in good standing, but I was a TV ed, uh, critic for a few years, and I had no idea what goes into TV. And when people watch the Grammys or watch anything on TV, they always think, well, why didn't they? You know, I've, I've often seen, like, uh, uh, like when we did a Beatles, uh, Grammy Beatles tribute a few years ago, like someone said, you guys made a huge mistake. You didn't ask what I think Clapton. Yeah. And it's, uh, I always say like, do you think when we ask the answer is always yes? Uh, and it's just like years ago, people, I remember I, as, when I was music editor of Rolling Stone, someone called and said, you guys, uh, you guys ripped me off. And I said, what, what did we rip off? I said, I wrote six months ago saying, put Bruce Springsteen on the cover of Rolling Stone and you put him on the cover and I didn't write it. And I was like, and, and that was a point where Bruce Springsteen was on every other week. Right. As, as opposed to now, where he's on every month, every, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. every week, just, and believe me, every time I'm happy. But um, yeah, and, and and before we, uh, <laughs> before my, if there's one thing that is unchallenged, is my Bruce Springsteen fandom. I'm pretty comfortable in that. But um, before I let you, before I let you guys go, and we we end the show, I, I was just gonna get a little bit more into the the James Corden factor. What what are you learning? I, you know, as you said, it's always an ongoing factor. What are you, what are you learning about him and his team's approach to comedy and how it how it contrasts with the way you, you usually handle it? Like well, what what are you taking away from that? I know it's still in progress. Good, David. Uh, you know, it's it's literally it, 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 fortunately we know we know we love him. We know we're fans and it's just the truth of the matter is we will learn over the next two weeks how to best make it all flow together and how to uh, – it's, it's really all about giving him the space to be himself but also put it in a Grammy context. So that's, that's – I mean, that's from the, from the first discussion with Ben Winston and, and, and James, it was literally – they showed nothing but respect for 
Grammys and what they mean, and we showed nothing but respect for them. So we'll see if that respect survives <laughs> next week and a half when we're working around the clock. And I, I believe it will because, uh, you know, he's great, as LL was. And, you know, that's the truth is that you're very aware, uh, and I'm very aware, that we're part of this ongoing tradition. You know, it's like... Uh, you know, LL, John Stewart, you know, in just the time I started, Ken, this whole thing started for me when Ken called me on a Thursday night saying, you want to write for the Grammys? And I was like, this year's Grammys? Because it was three days later. And that's when John Stewart came in at the last second. So that's, it, it's, it's an ongoing journey and uh, it's an honor to be a part of it. Totally. Um, and I, 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 in Grammy tradition, I'm going to play you guys off. Thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. And we, that was Ken Ehrlich and David Wilde. Uh, come watch, be sure to watch the Grammys February 12th. And come to uh, Sirius XM's volume next Friday again at 1 p.m. and hear the next episode of Rolling Stone Music Now. And download our podcast at wherever you get your podcasts or rollingstone.com slash podcast. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week. Bye.